The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery on Unity Online Radio. We are glad you're with us today. I'm Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Jellinch. Today, we'll share ways that spirituality and recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your recovery journey. Facebook users, you can send us your questions and comments anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click on the Send Message button right below the banner. Each week on the show, we will respond to a listener question or comment. And please be assured that your anonymity will always be respected. So let us know what's on your mind. We'd love to hear from you. Today's show is The Wisdom to Know the Difference. The serenity prayer tells us to be open to wisdom so we can discern what is ours to do and what is not. Many of us in recovery have experienced the results of questionable decisions we have made, sometimes even made repeatedly. Fortunately, we grew tired of living that way. But how do we move away from bad decisions, bad relationships, and bad situations? Today, we want to share our experience, strength, and hope on practical ways we can do just that and experience new levels of joy and freedom in our lives. So we'll begin today by sharing our experiences with those questionable decisions you mentioned, and then we'll move into the solution of the power of wisdom. After the break, we'll share exactly how we use the power of wisdom to help us move from making questionable decisions to a life of joy and freedom. So, Dan, start us off today by telling tell us about some of those questionable decisions you made or what that was like for you. Yeah, that... Um... That phrase, questionable decisions, I think we're just trying to be nice about it. Okay, they're bad. They're bad decisions. Bad decisions or unskillfully made decisions, I don't know, or decisions that are character building. Who knows? Well, whenever uh, this comes to mind, I remember this lyric from the Queen song, We Are the Champions, where he sings, and bad mistakes, I've made a few. I'm like, you and me both, brother. And I noticed that You know, these bad situations, bad decisions can happen slowly or quickly. You know, sometimes a a bad decision could be 
you know, to, to get in the car to drive to the store if one has been drinking, for example. That's like a, right. an acute situation. Or you can be in a failing marriage, you know, that just sort of falls apart over months or years or, or whatever. And I have done both of those things. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, bad decisions can look like all kinds of stuff. And I suppose now that I think about it, that, you know, so what, what is a bad decision? I might call it a decision that results in an outcome that uh, is less than, well, let's just call it that's bad in, <laughs> in my own judgment. You know, maybe uh, one could say that as we were talking about before the show, you know, there are no mistakes. Then that, that failed marriage I was in was not a mistake. It was just a painful part of the path. But then right. there's part of me that was like, nap, that was a bad decision. Well, I'm not yeah. sure. So maybe, maybe listeners, as, as you consider this, see what it's like for you. But those are some of the bad bad mistakes I've made a few. Yeah. For me. Yeah. So you you said that sometimes those decisions seem to happen slowly, and sometimes they happen quickly. And I was thinking that they happen really unconsciously. Is what it is. Is that they're not and. In fact, which kind of renders the word decision um, inappropriate because it's for me, it was not even a decision that I made. It was unconscious. I just sort of found myself in situations. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes, <laughs> like, I know what you're talking like, about. Like, how did I get here? You know, literally and figuratively, how did I get here? How did I get in this relationship? I don't remember making a choice to be in this relationship. It just happened. Here I am. How did I end up, you know, doing all manner of things? Because the whole thing about drinking and using and living that way was not, for me, was not being conscious, not making conscious choices, just sort of, you know, just sort of floating along and things happened. I just found myself in various situations without having consciously made a decision to be there. So that's kind of what it was about for me was just um, the lack of consciousness about it, the lack of awareness and just, um, you know, which of course absolves me from the responsibility, right? Because I didn't choose to be in this situation. I just somehow ended up there. <laughs> so that was just kind of the hallmark of my drinking was um, not not even really knowing what it was to make conscious decisions about a lot of things. Yeah, I, I suppose most, if not all of us, can identify with that, and that's reminding me of, um, you know, the the in one in in a way, we could kind of divide the world into two groups. You know, people who get what addiction is because we've experienced it, and and folks who don't because they haven't experienced it and, and it's like the situation where you know if, I, if i'm just over drinking as a habit and someone says well why don't why don't you just set a limit and why don't you just have two and stop you know and then we laugh and laugh and just right. think, it's That's so cute that, it's so cute that you think that that's adorable <laughs> that is adorable <laughs> which makes Glad no sense unless you. you've been where we've been and then it makes perfect sense so i don't remember deciding to drink 10 shots of tequila it's just you know whatever all like you're saying all of a sudden it's like wow here i am yeah um so that's an example 
so the you know sort of the growth of my addiction and and i the 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 shape of of my addiction experience is uh slow growth over time you know i drank for 30 years and in the first half of it you know i would arguably just a weekend drinker uh but the second half of it i was absolutely a daily drinker and and ironically it was around the time i got divorced where i think that changed imagine that um other alcoholics i'm I'm sure that that's not news to anyone but so this you know if i say i've made a mistake gone down a difficult path over drinking drinking too much that happened very very slowly very slowly i mean talk about years and literally decades to uh you know for that to sort of go where it went until i realized uh something's got to change here yeah you know i have this little story that i keep in my rolodex of my mind that i pull up whenever i might think that i'm not an alcoholic or that maybe my drinking wasn't as problematic as i think it was and that was a saint patrick's day in probably uh, 94 And I had supposedly made the decision that I was not going to drink that night because I was not feeling well. I think I've told this story before. I wasn't feeling well. I was sick. And, um, but it was St. Patrick's day and I was in graduate school and we had keggers. We always had keggers every Friday on the, um, square in the school. And, um, I just was going to stop by and say hi and explain to everyone why I wasn't going to be at the party (laughs) that night. I know where this is going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like 12 green pints of beer later, or pints of green beer later, you know, it's two in the morning. They're calling for last call. And, of course, you have to ask for another beer, even if you have four of them lined up in front of you. Last call, you got to order. You know, and so that was kind of an unconscious decision. It's like once I stopped by that party and had that first drink, then alcohol took the ability for me to make a decision. It took the ability for me to make a conscious choice. Um, next thing I knew it was two in the morning, you know, and, um, that's just kind of, you know, the way things went. And so, um, again, it's that it was the bad decisions I think of were more like unconscious decisions or not even decisions at all. Just things that just happened. Um, because I didn't have that conscious choice of making decisions. Um, and you know, decisions continue to be a difficult thing for me today. I don't know if this is an, uh, quality of addicts or of alcoholics, but I am very indecisive and I have a really hard time making decisions. And I think there can be a lot of fear involved with decisions. Like, is it the right decision? Is it the wrong decision? If I do this, what's going to happen? If I do that, what's going to happen? And so basically the problem, the reason those, you know, decisions were so difficult and even sometimes continue to be difficult for me are because I'm operating solo. I'm trying to make a decision from my human self, from my ego self, without any sort of divine assistance on board. So I would say a quote unquote bad decision is one made from my human ego center without consulting, um, higher mind or divine mind or any sort of divine guidance yeah that that makes a lot of sense to me i'm thinking of an example of um you know not a not a slow long term but more of a immediate there was a time 
I was living in Michigan and I had for the first time in my life a four-wheel drive vehicle. I'd never had a four-wheel drive vehicle and there was it was snowing and for some reason I decided it was a good idea to drive from Ann Arbor to East Lansing in what turned out to be really kind of very heavy snow. That was a really bad idea. And I remember, um, well, I guess I compounded it, passing a truck, you know, when the snow's coming down and it's hard to see and just like, ah, you know, am am I going to die? Yeah. <laughs> oh crap, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap. And I I made it around, but man, that was not a good idea. And I hadn't even been drinking, you know. I don't have that excuse at least for that one. And uh the other thing that comes to mind and 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 I think we all know this or at least if we have if we've been drinking in, in the mid 90s or after, Amazon and alcohol do not go together. <laughs> It's like, who ordered this? <laughs> oh, I guess I did. It's in my order history. When did I order it? Oh, right. It was that Saturday night at 2 a.m. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. So, yes, questionable decisions. And and like we sort of started to say, it may well be true that there's no such thing as a bad decision and that it's my assessment that makes it so. Um, you know, so I, I was in a marriage that did not last. Does that mean it was a bad idea to enter into that? I don't know that it did. That might've been a necessary healing path. And just for me to call it a mistake is my own assessment and I can choose otherwise. So I choose to see it as a a difficult uh, and, and painful growth path that I was on. That was very necessary and genuinely helpful in the long term. But we're going to have to move on to the next piece here um, from, uh, I'm going to just start calling them bad decisions (laughs) instead of questionable, even though (laughs) questionable sounds a little nicer. So now that we know about this challenge of uh, dubious decisions, (laughs) what is the solution? Well, as always, and as we always say, In unity, we affirm that all of life, all of life is governed by spiritual principles. Yes, and our unity co-founder, Charles Fillmore, as we know, developed a set of 12 spiritual principles that he called the 12 powers. And these are 12 spiritual abilities that we all have and that we are all using, but that we can learn to use to sort of harness more effectively in our spiritual growth path. And the power that can help us move away from bad decisions is the power of wisdom. And that's what we want to focus on today. But what does it mean to say that we're going to use wisdom, say, more skillfully? That's a phrase that's helpful, I find. How are we going to use wisdom more skillfully in our lives? What does that mean? How do I know how I'm using it anyway? Or someone might say, how do I know if I'm using wisdom and my answer is hint you are but if you're you might not be aware of how you're using it and there therein lies the difference and what does this look like in my life anyway so michelle when you think about these kinds of things think about say the power of wisdom we know we're using it maybe we can use it more skillfully what comes to mind for you Well, so I think in our unity literature, the power of wisdom is defined as the ability to evaluate, discern, and apply what we know. 
but that still doesn't really flesh it out because there's a number of words in there are problematic. Like, no, what does it mean to know something? <laughs> Where is that information coming from? Right. So basically like to really break it down to me, wisdom is what comes from the higher mind, from what we in unity call the divine mind. Um, just, you know, quick and dirty being the sort of vast intelligence that pervades the universe that we call God. So all of the intelligence of the universe. And in unity, we believe that we have a certain amount of access to that. Well, you could say total access to it, but it all depends on our how developed our ability is to access it, right? So we have our, and I just did a sermon about this a few weeks ago. We have our, um, what you know could be referred to as small M mind, which is our ego mind, our human mind, our own individual intelligence. And then there's large, you know, capital M mind, divine mind. And so uh, when we're making decisions from our small M mind, they're typically ego-based. They are limited in their scope of understanding because we're coming from our human limited perspective. If we can sort of level up and uh, access to whatever degree we are capable, the higher mind, the divine mind, that vast source of intelligence, then we can make better decisions from that place. So for me, wisdom is sort of trying to get up out a little bit out of my ego mind and access a higher plane of knowledge, something bigger than myself, what we call in 12 step, you know, the higher power, yeah. um, trying to make decisions from a higher, a higher consciousness. And those decisions will always be quote unquote better because they're coming from a much more expanded place than my own human scope of understanding. I like that word expanded because that's kind of what it is, you know, mm -hmm. from a, you know, we talk about, you know, let's, let's zoom out, right? I mean, yeah. let's step back from the details and look at this more broadly. Well, to, to see through God's glasses, so to speak, is the ultimate zooming out and right. seeing of everything that is going on. So, right, the, exactly. the more I can zoom out, so to speak, the, the, the more wisdom I feel like going to be able to apply. And I have to share um, from the book of James in the New Testament, chapter one, very early on, we read this. If any of you is lacking in wisdom, ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given you. That is exactly what we're talking about. Yes. Whether we think of it as turn within, whether we think of the seat of wisdom as residing inside our individual selves. Hey man, I don't know if it does or doesn't, but that works just fine because yeah. that's what I do to encounter the divine. I would say is, is turn within. And as I always remember, you know, if, if it is true that God is everywhere, always, uh, I'm not everywhere. Always. I'm right here right now. You know, my ego mind is right here right now. That's so right. if I want to experience God's presence, I'm going to have to do it right here, right now within my own consciousness, because that's the only place I am. Yeah. It makes it, To me, it makes perfect sense. And I love it when I read something like that from the book of James, how, you know, 2000 years ago saying the, what to me, when I read that is the exact same thing. If yeah. you need to zoom out, if you need to get some perspective, if you need to kind of kick up your wisdom faculty or your ability to use it skillfully, turn to the divine and yes. you will receive it because the divine does not hold back. It's me that holds back. Yes. So 
um, you know, making decisions from our human human self, as I mentioned, our human perspective is always going to be limited because that's the nature of being incar incarnated as a human is that it, we have a limited perspective. But the God mind, which we have access to, has the total perspective. And so we're as human beings, we're always going to aim too low. You know, we're always, always going to aim too low because we don't we don't always have a skillful ability to access that higher perspective. So that, that um, scripture that you read that, you know, God gives, what did you say? God, that wisdom that God gives to all generously. I mean, in unity language, that would be that that vast source of intelligence is always there. It's, yes, it's right. always available to us. It's whether or not we, number one, try to access it. And it's also dependent upon how, skillful we are at accessing it you know and so um it's a skill that we can develop this power of wisdom to to learn to access from that higher place and that takes a lifetime to learn to discern you know what how do i get access to that field of intelligence how do i know it when i see it or hear it or experience it um and sometimes we can talk about it as intuition it might be just an intuitive feeling that we get about something that we know is coming from somewhere else. I mean, I think we've all had that experience of getting an idea, um, you know, a spiritual insight. Typically, those come to me as flashes, like just an idea that comes seemingly out of the nowhere, you know, and it just um, it's just a flash of insight that to me is it is accessing that higher intelligence, um, what we call the still small voice. Yeah. So sometimes it can be a brilliant flash. Sometimes it can just be that gentle knowing, that nagging feeling or, or voice inside that nudge, like a spiritual nudging, you know, do this, go that way, try this. Um, gosh, it can come differently at different times. It can be different for different people. Um, but the idea is that it's coming from somewhere bigger than just our human mind. In the, in the Revealing Word, Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore used the phrase intuitive knowing to describe wisdom. It's, it's, a, it's like you're saying, it's a gut sense. It's not, it's not a formula where I do the math and arrive at it in my head, right? It is just a seemingly out of nowhere, you know, instinct. It just arises in us. I think we all know that feeling. It's intuitive. Uh, we intuitively know. He had also referred to it as spiritual intuition, which, of course, is another way, I think, of saying the same thing. Um, I love the phrase intuitive knowing because that works for everyone, you know, people who don't consider themselves to be spiritual, you know, who want nothing to do with anything that sounds religious or churchy or whatever, can still get this concept and and do these things that we're talking about right. by viewing it through the lens of intuitive knowing. You know, those of us who are, do consider ourselves spiritual, we're very comfortable calling it, you know, spiritual intuition. I don't know, it's, you know, six of one half dozen of the other, I think it's, it's the same thing. But I find that helpful to think of it as uh, gut instinct, like you said, intuitive uh, knowing, because we've all had that, you know, like, oh, don't go down that street. I don't know why I'm not going to go find out yeah. and I'll never know because I'm not going down there. 
Yeah. But trust, you know, we've heard that phrase, trust your instincts. Yeah. And what do our, prom- I think it's in our promises in the 12 step promises that says something about, we will intuitively know how to handle things or how to handle situations, situations that used to, used to baffle us. us. Yeah. So yeah. that to me is exactly what we're talking about. It yeah. used to baffle us because we were operating out of the ego mind or the human mind. Um, now we intuitively know how to handle things because we have learned how to access this power of wisdom, how to access the divine wisdom that's available to us. So I think that's kind of what they're talking about, you know, and part of it is just getting the alcohol out of the way because excessive use of alcohol interferes with our ability to access that. Acting from Cuervo mind, I call that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm in a Cuervo state of mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, you know, it's, the thing is, is a prerequisite for accessing this is a certain level of consciousness, awareness, awakeness. Sobriety. Um, sobriety. Like plug in the jug. None of this works unless I quit drinking. Exactly. Yeah. So we can't, you know, we have, it, it greatly limits our ability to access it if we're drunk, pretty much. Um, so again, you know, the to me, that power of wisdom is the power of making conscious choices. Now, is it the quote unquote, right or wrong choice. I think those words might be problematic for me. It's conscious choices rather than just, Oh, look where I ended up. How did this happen? (laughs) The thing about making unconscious choices, like how'd I end up in this relationship is then, like I said, I'm not responsible because I didn't even choose this. I just ended up here. So for me, it really took some time and sobriety to learn to make conscious choices and then be consciously responsible for them you know i didn't just end up here i made a conscious choice but the thing is is then if the if it turned out to be a quote-unquote mistake i could say well i made the best choice i could at the time and i made it consciously yes and then now i can accept the consequences of that rather than just like oh here i am how'd i get here how'd this happen i'm reminded of this great roomy quote that i love so much Out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and right doing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. I think that's exactly what we're talking about. It's like get out of the judgment business. The 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 condemnation. I mean, you know, judgment can be discernment or it can be condemnation. Get out of the condemnation business. That can be sort of half the battle. That doesn't mean that everything is okay. It doesn't mean that at all. It means where do I want to focus my energy, you know, in my time? Um, I also want to share from the revealing word again, and I love this, uh, Mr. Fillmore, uh, wisdom, the voice of God within as the source of our understanding, you know, as opposed, of course, to our sort of mental uh, understanding, uh, all these ways of, you know, they're signposts all pointing at the same thing um, in slightly different ways. He, He remarks that it transcends intellectual knowledge yes but let's hold that thought believe it or not it's time for a short break and when we come back we'll continue the conversation and we hope that you will please stay with us All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. 
Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. Yes, welcome back. We're glad you're with us today if you're just joining us. My name is Reverend Dan Beckett, and I'm here with co-host Reverend Michelle Jellinch. And we'll resume our discussion in just a moment, but first we want to remind you that you can send us your questions and feedback anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Message us from there, and each week we'll respond during the show to a listener question or comment. Uh, Be assured that your anonymity will always be respected. So please let us know what's on your mind. So prior to the break, we were discussing our past history with those sort of dubious decisions, as you called them, questionable decisions. And then we've moved into talking about the power of wisdom as one of the 12 powers and what that is. So, Dan, now that we've um, discussed these questionable decisions and we know that the solution is to employ our power of wisdom, how, how do we do that? How do we develop that power of wisdom and how can it lead us to more joy and freedom? Well, um, slowly over time. But, you know, the, the, the real-life situation that comes to me when I consider that, where I, I can genuinely look back and say, okay, I, you know, I think I applied um, some wisdom here that I may not have in the past. And, and any of us who are uh, clean and sober from any substance or behavior or whatever can identify with that, that little thought that comes in the back of your head. Maybe you've been clean and sober for a little while, and it says, man, wouldn't it be nice to have a drink or do this or do that? And so anytime that idea for me of uh, returning to alcohol has come up, I have been able to just sort of, you know, pause a moment, take a breath, and I've, I've gotten lots of different advice. One way I've heard it said is play that tape forward. Where does it go? What happens next? And then what happens next? Or rather, what happened every other time that you did this, you know, in the past, oh, I don't know, 15 years to get a sense of, you know, where do you think that would actually go? So just pausing and considering asking the question and then literally answering the question in my own mind, I I have found uh, to be an example of applying some, you know, might sound very simple, but some simple wisdom that I learned from others. It's almost like my mind has a conversation with itself and it'll, it'll complain and say, you know, what, what would, so what would be the harm in having a couple drinks? And then the other part of my mind goes, (laughs) when did you ever have a couple drinks? Never, never have I done that. So, you know, the lie (laughs) The lie is pretty easily exposed. exposed when I just, you know, pause and go with my, my instinct is, let me slow down and question this. Let me have a dialogue. Like you said, I just ended up, I went to go tell them that I wasn't going to be drinking and now it's two in the morning, you know, but this, so this is different than that. This yeah. is taking a breath. And I, I think that's an example of an application of wisdom that I know we've all done, right? Anyone who has any time in sobriety at all has no doubt done what I just described. And it is the use of, you know, an intuitive kind of knowing, a spiritual understanding, something that's beyond just right here and right now. 
Yeah. And sort of getting real with ourselves, right? Like when that idea, oh, maybe I could just have a drink or two. It's like, like you said, when did I ever have a drink or two? And (laughs) when did I ever want to? It's like, who are those freaks that leave half a glass of wine on the table? What is wrong with these people? We never do that in our lives, ever. Two kinds of drinkers, right? Normal drinkers like us and lightweights who don't get the point. Exactly. So I like that idea of thinking through the drink. And, you know, I don't get that thought too often anymore. But um, and I I think I've shared this before, but the thing that always helps me is, you know, it's like, okay, if I'm thinking, you know, how, how if I want to have a drink to solve this problem, or I'm in a lot of pain, I want a drink or something. It's like, how exactly is alcohol going to help this problem? You know, how is it going to make it any better? Because I guarantee there's not a single problem in my life right now that alcohol could not make way worse, Right. like way worse. You know, I barely got a handle on things as it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so it's just thinking that process through and yeah. So, um, I also really like the idea that there are no mistakes. You know, if I get myself into a mindset of thinking that there is somehow this right solution and wrong solution or right decision and wrong decision, and I've just got to figure out which one it is, that's not a good place for my mind to be. Um, So it's getting out from that idea, that black and white thinking. And I've my the wisdom that has come to me over many years is that there really aren't mistakes. There are simply decisions and then repercussions or consequences. So if I do, if I choose X, then Y is going to happen. If I choose, you know, Y, then Z is going to happen, whatever. It's just whatever I choose, there's going to be certain um, manifestations, repercussions, consequences, and then I will deal with those. You know, I think we talked one time on this program about the analogy of the GPS, you know, when you're Mm -hmm, using the GPS and you turn on the wrong street, well, the GPS doesn't go, well, you screwed up now, forget it. (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) You're lost. It reroutes, right? It just reroutes. And so if we make a questionable, dubious, quote unquote, bad decision, whatever, the whole world doesn't fall apart. The whole system just reroutes. And so we're just going to go down a little different path. But it's not, as alcoholics and addicts, we have that black and white thinking. And so I always have to try to get away from that black and white thinking. If I choose this, this will happen. I will reroute. I'm still going to get where I'm going because you can't not get there. It's just going to be a different route. You know, it reminds me of uh, sometimes maybe someone new to the program will come in and and they might be saying, well, you know, I'm not sure if I really, you, you know, there's just like a flaming alcoholic, but they're like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I don't have a problem. It's like, well, maybe you need to go do, what do we say? Do, go do some more research yeah. and see what happens. Because maybe you do. And I had a sponsor that, you know, just said emphatically, look, man, if you're going to do this, you have to quit. You must make that decision and stick to it else. You're, you're nowhere. You're on step zero, you know, until you do that. And if you're not ready, fine, you're not ready. Okay. So what now is not your time. Maybe you need to go, you know, go to jail one more time or whatever it is that happens, (laughs) you know, get, get a, get married and divorced one more time and, and see what happens. 
You know, I'm reminded of, and I'm going to read this. I don't memorize quotes that well, but this is in the big book on page 24. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. Yeah. You know, let alone a year or five years ago. And where this is going, if I remember right in the big book, is therefore we need to be walking this path with a higher power. We need to turn to that higher power because we ourselves are not going to be able to bring this back with sufficient force to deter us. We need a power greater than ourselves in order to do that. And I'm going to repeat from James, if any of you is lacking in wisdom, ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given you. And so turning within, turning to God, uh, prayer, um, taking a breath, taking a walk, any of those kind of things that can sort of break an old pattern of thinking, that, those are applications of wisdom. And I, I think that is very much how wisdom can show up in our lives. And we, you know, take take the left fork in the road where we used to always take the right fork on that yeah. very same road. Yeah, well, we have these wonderful 12 steps, and the third step is when we turn our will and our lives over to the care of God, as we understand God. And for me, that was both a step that I took once and had a huge shift, but it was also a step and continues to be a step that I continue to take over and over. So there was the turning my will and my life over, that was the biggie. But then after that, it was turning every single decision I needed to make over to God. And um, boy, I loved that because I'd always been making those decisions by myself. You know, should I go to graduate school or not? Should I go to law school or should I, blah, blah, blah. you know, all these decisions I had to make. And I was always trying to make them myself, which is probably why I was so stressed out and, uh, you know, uncertain and indecisive. But once I started going, well, I'm going to and this was my style back then, I'm going to get on my knees, I'm going to turn this decision over to God. And then I'm going to watch and see what happens. What happens after I make that decision to the best of my ability to release, relinquish the ego need to make the choice and then see what happens. And I swear, I don't know, some sort of magic that happens. But when I started doing that, things really started to happen in my life in a different way. And there was so much relief in feeling like I wasn't making those decisions on my own. I had HP on board now. And, and even just that simple step of saying, okay, I'm not going to make this decision with my human ego mind. I'm turning it over, whatever that means to, you know, I'm turning it over to God. It, it's like it opens up that crack for that divine wisdom to come in and it and to be in partnership with God, in partnership with the higher power in making these decisions. And I found that ever since I started doing that, the decisions were so much better, <laughs> you know, having that partnership. Absolutely. You know, I'm thinking of some more specific examples in my life, and one is buying a car. Right. So I'm old enough. I've bought more than a few cars in my time and I've done it what I would call both ways. I've bought a car like an alcoholic 
and I've bought a car applying some more wisdom than that. You know, I have bought a new car, an expensive new car. And okay, so there are no mistakes. Apparently, I just needed to know uh, the experience of having uh, a giant loan around my neck that was probably way more than I should have bitten off. Oops. You know, that doesn't feel very good to do that. So there's a lesson, and I've done it with considerably more wisdom. Kind of like you're saying, you know, not an impulse decision, step back, take a breath, turn within, calm down, just say, you know what, I don't need to decide right now. That could be something, you know, putting something off till tomorrow can work for me or against me. And in this case, it worked for me. You know, there's no reason I need to make a financial commitment like right now, you know, because I'm hot on the idea. I can wait yeah. uh, until tomorrow and see. And so um, that is a way that I have, you know, in this specific example, you know, avoided an onerous debt, which by avoiding that, by default, I have more freedom in my right. life. I have more joy, less stress, because I was willing to apply um, some of the, I would call them tactics that I've learned, strategies for um, doing exactly what the writer of James is saying, doing exactly what um, the writer of the big book is saying. Step back, turn within, in my own words, step back, uh, turn within, take a breath and and move forward kind of on an intuitive, spiritual knowing sort of basis. Yes, and there are so many decisions to be made in life. We get lots of opportunities to practice this, don't we? Yes, And again, you know, I can make a decision. I can make a quick decision based on my human intellect, my ego mind, or I can take that time, like you said, to turn within, to spend time in prayer and meditation, to sleep on it, to take a walk, to turn it over to God, to relinquish my control over the situation, um, and then make a decision from a much different place. And, you know, there's many different techniques we can learn to employ to make those types of decisions where we're trying to bring in the God mind. We're trying to bring, you know, HP on board in our decisions. I recently had to make a difficult decision and um, a counselor that I'm working with had me uh Imagine in my mind that I had made the decision one way. Okay, imagine that you decided to do this and then think about it. How does that feel? How does it feel in your body? Um, Do you, you know, what does it feel like? Do you feel anxiety? Do you feel relief? Do you feel happiness, excitement? You know, and he had me do that for about two minutes. Just be in the feelings, imagining to the best of my ability that I had made the decision a certain way. And then imagine that I've made the decision the other way. What does that feel like? You know, and just spending some time thinking about that. Um, It's just one of many different techniques we can learn to employ. Because basically what, in my mind, what we're doing is we're getting out of the human intellect and into a different realm, opening it up to something bigger, those other types of knowing, you know, whether it's intuitive or gut knowing, or if it comes in a dream or it comes as a spiritual insight, if it's just a gentle nudging, there's so many different ways that that wisdom can come to us and that spirit can guide us. And I think it's individual, you know, we experience that in different ways, but it's just, um, it's, I I like to call it leveling up. It's leveling up. I'm going to come from a higher place, from a higher, um, a higher consciousness in the decision that I'm making. 
You know, I've heard it said, and what you're sharing is reminding me of this concept of there's great wisdom in our bodies. And I think it's exactly what we're saying. And this could, you know, this to me is a clear example of, you know, two people could be talking about the exact same experience and path, but maybe use very, very different words for it. So just because of the way that I am, I tend to use spiritual and or religious ways of seeing this kind of stuff. But I might have a, you know, avowed atheist friend who wants nothing to do with that. And we're both sitting there saying, yeah, you know, if you just take a breath and sit down and, you know, chill out, meditate, pray, you know, pick whichever one of those three words you're most comfortable with, and then just sort of see what happens. See what happens. Yeah. So, well, what happens is I'm communing with God. Well, I don't believe in God. Okay. Well then don't commune with God. You can sit and chill out and feel it in the wisdom of your body. It's the exact same thing. Um, and I, and I love that about it. You know, another situation I remember, and this was a very slow one. Like when I, when I was feeling like I was being called to ministry, um, that was something that was, a, I would, I would characterize it as a careful consideration over a time, you know, a decent length of time. And right. fortunately, you know, the path to doing that, the, the to-do list, if you will, um, really supports and almost, I want to say, requires you to do that. You can't decide one evening to become a minister and the next morning call up and give them your credit card and show up in class. You know, you, there's this whole process of discernment right. and unfolding and sitting with it and checking within and, and all of that. And so I like that way of being. And, and I think it's no mistake that that is exactly how um, a formal, um, you know, religious training is, is structured because it's so very much that, that way of doing things is so very much in tune with, I think, with the way that spirit works. There's no hurry. You don't have to do this now. I love your example of imagine you did this and what does that feel like? And imagine now that you did the other way. And what does that feel like? That's, that's taking the time to, in my view, you know, commune with the divine and discern, you know, um, intuit what at this moment seems like the right decision for me at this moment. But like right. you said, I, I, and I kind of agree. There's really no such thing as a wrong decision yeah. in many ways, or at least 99.9% of the time that's true. And we can get ourselves out of that very bad habit of, yeah. Black and white thinking, like yeah. you were sharing. Yeah, because it's a trap, you know, to think that there's some right decision available to me and I've just got to figure out what it is. It's, yeah, that I, that doesn't work very well for me. And I don't think it's the way the universe works. You know, um, when you were saying, like, just take an action and see what happens. It's like God operates on a need to know basis, right? You're, you know how we say more will be revealed? Yeah. You know, I mean, these these silly little, not silly, but these sort of trite phrases, they, they really have deep wisdom to them. Yeah. That's why they've persisted over all these years. Um, you know, we don't get the... <laughs> We don't get the whole truth because we can't handle the truth, frankly. <laughs> you know, we get we get it handed to us as we can, in, on a need-to-know basis and as we can handle it. So 
um, that's one way to make a decision is choose one. Just choose one and do it and see what happens. How does it feel? What, what starts manifesting? What starts panning out? There's so many different things that I've learned over the years. You know, I also, um, I have certain folks that I respect very highly that I listen to also. Now, it doesn't mean I do whatever they say because there's plenty of times that I don't. But I do listen to their input, you know, a, a very few trusted folks, actually, I would say. So if I'm making a decision, you know, I'm, I might consult them and see what they think about it. But then always coming back and seeing how do I feel about what that person just said? Does that feel right? I'm not going to just blindly follow what someone else says. But, you know, spirit sort of in a way is trying to communicate with us, right? The higher mind is trying to communicate with the human mind. And so spirit will use any and all means available, you know, whether that be speaking through other people, speaking through our dreams, speaking through, you know, uh, things that literally cross our paths or, and so there's many different places we can get input from and then ultimately we have to make a choice and then we see what happens and we we continue checking in you know um a lot of times there's a lot of fear for me involved in decisions and that yeah. can color the way i interpret some of those messages so i have to be careful with that too like Gut decision is very hard for me because I get a lot of fear in my gut and that can be, I can interpret that as thinking, well, this isn't the right decision or I wouldn't feel that tightness in my gut, but it may be that it is the absolute right decision and it's just the fear that I'm feeling. So this is a very uh, personal type of process that we each have to learn how we tap into that wisdom how we can best access that higher understanding. Yeah, I totally agree. And I almost feel like I'm, I've been remiss because every example I've given has been like a solitary, something that I did within my own self, but I've totally left out the wisdom of the community and the wisdom of a trusted advisor. And absolutely, that's a part of it. And, and I think you put it brilliantly. You, you check in with those whom you trust you don't just do what they say, but you see how that sits with you. Yeah. And, you know, it just becomes another way to discern uh, our way forward. But yes. let us now change gears once again and turn our attention to a question or a comment from you, our listeners. So here's something that often comes up. Uh, it goes something along the lines of this. And we've kind of been talking about yeah. it. How, do, how do I know if my guidance is coming from divine mind? or from ego mind, you know, from God yes. or from my selfish desire? This is the age old question, you know, is it my will or God's will? And so first is I try not to get into that dichotomy a lot, you know, because that can be really problematic. Again, that black or white thinking. And the truth is you don't know for sure. You don't know for sure where it's coming from, but you do the best you can. You do your prayer and meditation work. You spend time in the silence, however you do that, and you do your best to discern what is yours to do. And then you go from there and you see what happens. One hint that has been suggested to me is that if it feels like a loving decision, a kind decision, compassionate, a life-affirming decision, then you can be more certain that it is of God or of the divine mind. If it's not a loving, compassionate, life-affirming decision, then it's probably not from God or from spirit. 
I like that. And as you said that, the the word lightness ca- came to me. It has a it has a sort of lightness, an airy, yes. free free yes. kind of feeling with it. You know, I love that quote from G.K. Chesterton: "Angels can fly because they take themselves so lightly." Yeah. And in a way, my whole entire path and purpose in life is to to dump all this ballast that's yes. keeping me down yes. and keeping me from flying, so to speak. And yeah, exactly. We can use use wisdom to, and the wisdom of our body or the, the, the way that the spirit shows up in ourselves to decide. So one answer to how do I know if my guidance is, you know, basically God or, or ego is practice, right? Yeah. And I agree with you. I don't always know, but you you discern the best we can. I had a a friend asked once, inquiring about this whole way that we uh, we have in unity of turning within, he says, how do you know it's God? Right? You know, from a traditional Christian point of view, that'd be a perplexing problem. And I, my answer is that how do you know that you love your children? How do you know that you love your partner or your spouse? You just know God is love and you can feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have an affirmation for you today that you can use to help you in this process. And our affirmation today is, I turn within and follow the divine guidance I receive. Love that. I'll say it again. I turn within and follow the divine guidance I receive. We could add to the best of my ability in that moment. because. We're, we're out of the right and wrong business, right? Yes, <laughs> we're we into are. the what feels right. Let me move forward with that. Well, guess what? It has happened again. <laughs> You've given yourself the gift. We, we like to think of it that way, of another hour listening to Spirit of Recovery, and we are grateful that you have. We hope you found something in all of our erudite repartee. <laughs> or we like to think of it as such, that will be genuinely helpful to you in your recovery. That's why we're here. Thank you again, Michelle, of course, for our discussion and the wisdom that you shared. Thanks for all who are listening to the podcast via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and tune in. We bless you wherever you are on your journey. Listeners, you can always connect with us on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery, and please give us your thoughts and feedback. We invite you to join us again next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central. And until then, don't drink like my co-host. And don't drink like my co-host. Instead, have yourself a wonder-filled week. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. 
If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.